a sermon right here in verse 17 and this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and there throughout all the region round about then it marked you know I turn as Mark chapter 2 verse 1 says and again he entered in Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house in verse 6 there of Acts chapter 2 says when Peter preached in first sermon it says now when this was noised abroad and the multitude came together and were confounded because they heard every man speaking his own language. So, rumors can be good. They don't have to be bad. In other words, rumors, the definition of it is simply to publish abroad. To speak of. To make known. That, that's, a, that's a dictionary definition. To make something known. In our text, we see situations where people saw, they heard, experienced something that impressed them. And they were so impressed that they went abroad and what I call positive rumored everybody they came in contact with, or nearly everybody, what they had experienced and what they had heard. In Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17, Jesus uh, just raised a widow's son from the dead. Admittedly, I'm going to admit to you, this is a big deal. Once in a lifetime, once in, in actually 2,000 year time. Uh, he did it three times that we know of, probably more, but that's what was recorded in the Bible. It was sensational. Uh, but that what we can learn from this is a valued lesson uh, to all born-again believers of a phenomenon that when they got excited about what happened, they went around and started telling people. It was spread throughout Judea and the region around. Now, how big is that? That's 60 miles by 60 miles. 60 miles by 60 miles. It would be like from here to Marco. And then from Marco over there to Everglades City. As far west as Cluiston to Sanibel. It's about 60 miles, Cluiston, Sanibel. That's a big old area, man. They noised it abroad. How did these people help Jesus' ministry? They just said, hey, look, man, you ought to see this man, Jesus. What he did? They started noising abroad. They started rumoring, if you want to put it that way, just informing people of some exciting things that were going on. And by the way, this was before phones, any phone, cell phone, any phone. This was before TV, before radio, before lighted signs, before billboards, before electricity. Before cars, trains, trucks, bicycles, before all our modern uh, methods of communication, they got a 60-mile, by 60-mile area informed of this one event that happened out of the side of the city of Nain. You have more power than you realize to spread the good word. But you got to talk. you got to talk to people. When you meet them, when you see them, those in the restaurant, those in the grocery store, by phone, those you do business with. 
So in a short time, they accomplished what advertisers would just love to do with millions and millions of dollars that they spend and cannot do it. People telling people simply is the best possible method for spreading good news. Now you can spread, I'm not talking about bad stuff, but just good stuff. Uh-huh. We call it word-of-mouth advertising. Tom knows this. Tom has a business, veterinarian business. The best way and the best customers you get is a pleased customer telling somebody with an animal, if you want really good service, go down to South Trail Animal Hospital. By the way, you owe me for that. Or if you want a house built, go to CW Construction. Or if you, or if you, want, if you want to have some phenomenal fishing, go to Captain Nick. And build a house. Or whatever. Or if you want some furniture, go down there. You know, it's just, it's just using what God's given us. Word of mouth. Our school. Our school. People, I've spent, I do $5,000 program, billboard programs. We get one student. Maybe one, maybe less. Well, we put newspaper stuff in. I am so discouraged with spending money on advertisement because of the results are so little for the money spent. Here's where we get our results. You satisfied people that love what's going on over here. We're not perfect over here, but it's a whole lot better than what's available out in the public system. And at our worst, we're a light years ahead of that deal. And so you have your kid in here, he's getting the truth, he's being told the truth every day, day in, day out. We love him, we nurture him. Uh, the teachers are dedicated. They're honest Christian people. They're not in there cussing or on the side doing something. And, and what do you do? You go around noisy to broad. Man, Gospel Baptist Christian School is the place to put your kid. That's how we get our students. That's how we get them. From women telling women or men telling men or men telling women or men, women telling men. I get it all. Yeah, word of mouth. You know, a great sermon's wasted if nobody hears it. If you hear something preached from the pulpit and, and you like it, it helps you, don't keep it to yourself. Uh, rumor it abroad. Noise it abroad. Say, hey, you ought to come to Gospel Baptist. Man, we had a sermon the other day that helped us out. We preached the Bible at Gospel Baptist, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible, so help us God. Rumor that around. Uh, we preached the Bible here at the Gospel. And uh, church growth. You and I, us together, are the key to growing Gospel Baptist Church. You just got to get out and about. You got to go out there, talk at it, talk. I played baseball for eight years, and they taught us. I was a third baseman as well as a pitcher. And, 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 they would, and the, the, the coach made us do this. When we were out there, I'm standing on third base, right? A little off of the bag. And he'd say, now talk it up! He'd yell, talk it up! Hey, hey, buddy, 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 hey, buddy, buddy, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, swing! You little bitch. He'd make you yell, swing! The guy hit home run. I told you I shouldn't have said that. You know, the guy throw the ball, swing! Hey, buddy, buddy, hey, buddy, buddy. I don't even know. I don't think there's a baseball team that doesn't talk it up. That's just part of baseball, talking it up. You folks got the ability to grow a gospel Baptist church I just simply go and talking it up. But not grow Gospel Baptist Church. Grow somebody spiritually. Grow somebody for Jesus. And you do. 
bring unsaved people in here that have never been in a gospel preaching church, a Bible preaching church, and they hear the gospel first time, get saved. You're part of the process of them folks getting saved. Talk it out. Talk it out. Peter in Acts chapter 2 has something to say, and he needed to say it desperately. I know God sent a miracle of speaking in a, 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 a foreign... Uh, actually, true tongues is demonstrated in Acts chapter 2 where, and chapter 3, where when he would speak, I think he was probably to himself, he was just talking in a language that he was familiar with, but everybody heard him in their native tongue. The word in Greek is dialectos. Their native dialect, their mother tongue. And so they heard, like if they were Cuban, they heard it in Cuban. There is such a thing as Cuban. Cuban Spanish is not like Mexican Spanish. I hear them talking back and forth. Well, Mexican, they do this, and Cubans, they cut their words short, and, and Mexican. And then, oh, then you got your people from Colombia. Oh, now we speak the best Spanish of anybody because we speak Castilian Spanish. You got 21 different Spanish speaking countries out there, all of them probably a little bit different in their language. And that's the way you had these. You had 17 different countries represented. And old Peter, now he's a fisherman. I mean, he probably slaughtered the king's language. And he's up there talking, but the Holy Spirit's taking that and miraculously letting them hear it in their native tongue. They went and went crazy about that. They noised that thing abroad. They went all over the place in Acts chapter 2, 6. Now, this was noised abroad. The multitude came. The key to this whole thing, the key to the multitude, because it wouldn't have done any good to have uh, Peter, Holy Spirit, uh, unctioned, a preaching if there weren't people to hear it. But that, that got them there. But they went around noise and abroad, word of mouth, and they loaded that place up, and he preached another sermon. 3,000 get saved one time, 5,000 get saved another time. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The multitude came. Wow, I'm glad. Do we have something here at Gospel that people desperately need? We do. We have the precious Word of God that we can share with them through Sunday school and through all the different avenues. If they will come and just come Sunday morning, Sunday night, or a Wednesday night, or a Friday night, and they just make themselves available, the power of their presence, God Almighty will do the work. How do I know that? My mother-in-law told you about her a second ago. She was unchurched heathen. Much as you'd ever could be a heathen, she, a woman did not go to church. She didn't know anything about the Bible. Didn't want to know anything about the Bible. And I'll be honest with you, we prayed for her for 40-some years, and my faith was mighty thin, but I kept praying. Save the old girl. Now, when somebody gets 80 years old, now don't do not get offended by this. But they get somewhat set in their ways. And so 80 years is a long time to believe something, anything. So she was set in her ways. And so she's staying with us. And she said, if you'll keep me, because she could stay with me for free, she said, if you'll keep me here and, and let me stay, uh, I'll go to church with you. I knew that if I tried to talk to my mother-in-law and try to be aggressive on my mother-in-law, she'd shut me down. She already had shut me down before. So I just said, I'm not going to take an aggressive stand with her. I'm just going to have her set back there. And on the way home, I didn't preach to her on the way home. I didn't preach to her on the way to the church. I, you know, I would just question her once in a while and say, what do you think of that? And she'd say a little something. But she was kind of a quiet woman. And uh, she didn't say much. And 
But you know, week after week after week after week, listening to the preach word, and I preach all over the Bible. I was preaching edification sermons. I was preaching evangelistic sermons. But I don't preach probably a dozen evangelistic sermons all year long from the pulpit. Most of them are edification for Christians, for born-again people. And so I didn't know what was going to go on. I just kept praying. My wife and I kept asking. And the old girl, with the word preached word of God, she got saved. How powerful is that? We got it right here at Gospel. Uh, Mrs. Goodnight's husband, Norm, I don't know how long he came. How long had he been coming here to Gospel? About a year. And that was because of you. You know, you're such a wonderful wife. She did. Really, he came because of you. You know, you, you said, well, Norm, why don't you come to church with me? I don't know this for sure. I didn't ask her ahead of time, so I'm out here on a limb here. But anyway, somehow you got Norm to come to church. I don't know how you did it, but it was good that you did. She just got him to come to church. He listened to the preaching of the Word, listened to the preaching of the Word. One Sunday after church, she said, Bill, I want to talk to you. I said, let's go back in my office. He said, i got to get saved. I need to get saved. Convicted, honest, open-hearted, wanted to get saved. We got something going here. What do we got? We got the preaching of the Word of God. We got the Holy Spirit here. It's worth being excited about. It's worth going out and doing a little positive rumoring. It's worth going, instead of going and spreading the news that so-and-so got pregnant before they got married, or so-and-so did this, or so-and-so did that, how about we concentrate on some good stuff? Yeah? I remember old Brett Williams, Williamson. Remember old Brett Williamson? Brett Williamson was a biker. Big old, he's a big old boy. Six some foot, you know, big old, big old Harley. He was a epitome of what a Harley guy is supposed to look like. He kept his Harley in an air-conditioned room he built on his house. Air-conditioned room for his motorcycle. I thought, my brother, this is my kind of guy. So Brett and I kind of hit it off. Brett had kind of long, he was kind of a long-haired hippie, you know, those the hangover, I call them hangover hippies. They never got, they never cut their hair from the 60s. And, you know, he still had long hair and, you know, the ponytail in the back, a motorcycle. And uh, he had his Harley and everything. And he said, he said he wanted to come to church. He said, but if you say one word against rock and roll, I'm out of there. And I thought, well, he'll last two weeks. Because see, what happens to a preacher, when you tell a preacher not to preach on something, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to preach on that. I'm just warning you about that. It's this way. If you don't want me to preach on something, don't mention it. But if you come up and say, now whatever you do, don't preach uh, uh, short this or long that or do it because that will be the next sermon because the Holy Spirit will come on me and say, now you coward. Preach the truth! And I'll have to do it. It's just the way it goes. Tell you the truth. I remember Brett sat back on that last chair right over there by the, by the door. He wanted a quick exit. And I remember preaching and giving the invitation. He'd raise his hand. I mean, give another invitation. And weeks later, he'd raise his hand. Another invitation, raise his hand. Another, got saved. Baptized. Got right with God in every way a man get right with God. It was a beautiful thing to watch. We got something going on. God's here. God's saving people. Through the years, one after the other, people have gotten saved, gotten right with God. Uh, they send me notes and tell me about it. I don't always share the stuff like I should. But uh, it's, ex it's exciting. We've had drunks sobered here at Gospel. We've had adulterers become moral. 
We've had drug, drug addicts become free. We've had thieves become honest people. We've had belly dancers, I'm not going to tell you who, but belly dancers become pure. We've had surfers saved. We've had mean-spirited folks sweetened. We've had bitter people made forgiving people. There's something going on. There's great things, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. There's great things happening here at the gospel and any gospel preaching church. But the people that go to those churches, you're the key to getting other folks excited and getting at least in here so they can hear it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You don't have to go to a church growth seminar. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You can just do it the same way they've done it for 2,000 years. Go around telling people, man, God's at church. You come, you're going to meet God. You're going to have some, it'll change your life. It'll help you. Don't say too much. Keep a little curiosity there. The Word of God is preached honestly and openly. Invitations are given. Opportunities to, to talk to people to learn. There's a spirit of evangelism and activity. And it's alive. Uh, godly people are teaching their children in a Christian school. Man, talk it up. Talk it up. Miracles are happening. We don't talk about it much. I try not to talk about it. We've had people healed that were given a death sentence by their doctors, and we prayed and anointed them with oil, had them healed. But we don't. We're not here about. We're not here for the glitz. We've seen God do that. We've seen conversions. We've seen lives changed. We're supporting how many missionaries? Hundred missionaries. Those people that visited from Long Island, was it? They love the fact they they looked at that mission board back there and said these people. What does that tell you? We care about missions. We care about the world. We've literally, through the years, given millions. I'm a poor guy. I, don't, I mean, when I say a poor guy, I'm not poor. <clears throat> but I'm not worth a lot of money. And some people would say not worth even that. But nevertheless, this church has given millions of dollars to missions. Given out 3.1 million gospel tracts in the last 15 years. There's something going on. We have buses going out every week. I don't know the total of kids we've brought in. I would like to know. I've never kept good records on that. But well, how many kids have we brought in in the 40 years? This will be our 40th year. How many kids have we brought in in 40 years to hear the gospel at church? That's big stuff. That's worth, that's worth spreading some rumors on. We visit old people at nursing homes. We go to five, is that right, five nursing homes? Okay, they dropped them without asking. But anyway, we used to go to five. Now we go to four nursing homes. But we still go to nursing homes and visit old people in nursing homes that are dying. And, and, and brother, you've had some people saved in nursing homes, haven't you? Amen. He comes back. He comes back from nursing home. I eat with him at lunch after he comes back from nursing home. And we're talking about a 26-year-old man. He comes back from nursing home excited about people listening to him and about people showing up. And about once in a while, he got really, really excited. Hey, I had a, I had a woman saved today. I know. Remember when I did nursing home? How excited I was when some of these 85-year-old women got saved and trusted Christ as Savior. I thought, man, she snatched from the jaws. 
of hell. If I didn't do anything else the rest of my life, that would be worth it. But you do more. You do. You can be used by God to do great and mighty things, which you know not. Nor is it abroad. God is doing something special here at the gospel and in Bonita Springs. Let's just get out and get busy telling folks, talking to people. And it's not something necessarily you got to plan on, or it's not even a structured thing. It's just wherever you go. Talk to them. There's a Pinot's across the street, pizza parlor, one of my favorite restaurants. A French couple bought it. French couple meaning they're from Paris. And I've been talking to him about coming to church. Just I'm not overkill. I'm not overkilling, but so they said the other day, we want to come. I can't understand English. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. A little bit. Uh, they need to get a little bit better in English probably before they show up. But uh, anybody in here speak French? Real brain trust. You speak French? Who speaks French? Oh, you guys. Yeah, they, I took them over there. You guys spoke to them a little bit. That's right. Yeah, I'm testing you to see if you really knew French or not. Yeah. I have uh, the guy that does water, sterile water. His name is Ron Ricketts. I always think of Ricketts, man. We don't have milk or something as a young baby. You get Ricketts, Ron Ricketts of sterile water. He's 79 years old. Been in it for a long time. I have used him for my water stuff forever. The other day, Ron says, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to come to church. I said, come on, Ron. Come on. Come on. I believe it's got to be real. It can't be no fake thing, but really, God is doing something. There's nothing better than positive rumor. Realize what you've got. Realize it before you lose it. And gather people around to see for themselves if God's doing something here at the gospel. Years ago, a guy by the name of Frank Land, Frank Land, he started a thing called the 500 Club. This was in the 70s. And he made a study of people who visited church. And he said that about 10% of the people who visit church get saved. Now, I'm not sure of his statistics. But since that, I've been watching. And you know what? I believe he's pretty close. Pretty close. And sometimes people won't let you talk to them about Jesus. Hey, man, they won't. They'll shut you down. We don't want to talk. I tell two things I don't talk about, religion, politics. I don't want to hear it. But they'll come to church on maybe a Christmas Eve deal or an Easter beach service, or they'll come for a regular service, or if you talk it up enough and how wonderful it is, they'll come just out of curiosity. And, and according to Frank Land, he said 10% of those people who show up the Holy Spirit convicts them. A lot of them get saved. He said, just because you invite them. The church I was part of, when Franklin came up with that idea, people started going around inviting people to church. We grew from about 250 to 500 in one year. The people just got excited about getting people to come to church. And you're the key. And you get people to come, just to come. And that church got excited about doing this. Frank was a good salesman, man. And he was a, he was a real estate salesman. And he just had a way of getting up there and presenting that material. And he did. Called the Action 500. 
because they wanted 500 people. That's what they're shooting for, attendance someday. And sure enough, one Sunday we had 500 people show up at that church, and we had us a little spell. Why? Faith come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We're not head counting. We're not putting some badge on a courage because we got 500 people. That wasn't what that was all about. That was about the souls of men getting saved. Yeah, we hear the same thing. We need to get out there and spread some rumors. Now, many of you already do this. Praise God. Keep doing it. Maybe you can double your efforts. Maybe you can double up. Maybe you can go to your staff. Maybe you can go to your people and say, hey, look, why don't you just come with me one time? I'll take you out to dinner afterwards. Or I'll go do something. Well, you know, why don't you just come one time? You know, I, you know, I've told you this before over and over. I got this thing where if I get a real hardcore waitress that just won't come, I'll say, I take out a $100 bill. And I'll show her that $100 bill, and I'll say, if you come to church and sit through the whole service, I'll give you this $100 bill at the end of the service. All the waitresses I've run that by, I only had one ever come. She sat in the back there. Invitation time, she raised her hand, responded to the invitation, and after the service came and said, where's my 100 I was kind of hoping she got right with God and then would have mercy on the $100 bill, but she didn't. And the Bible says that God wants to dwell with those who swear to their own hurt. So I gave her the hundred. I said, thank you for coming. And she came back another Sunday for free. You know? Was it worth a hundred bucks? It's worth a hundred bucks. It's worth a hundred bucks. Now, I'm not telling you to go out there and bribe people to come to church. I'm not telling you to do that. But it ain't that bad. If that's what it took for a soul to be saved, man, I'd be good with it. What are we doing with the missionaries? We're giving millions of dollars so that they can, people can tell the gospel to somebody. That's what we're doing. Same kind of thing. May the Lord help us to spread positive rumor. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for this time together. May we understand this concept. May the Holy Spirit excite us. May there be an, an internally generated excitement about the things of God and the place of God here at Gospel. And may we go out and, and, and noise it abroad. 60 miles with 60 miles. Noise it abroad. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.